Hello and welcome to Zeus Plague, where we promise that this week's podcast won't end with an old man in a puddle. Uh, I'm Jono Park, and today, to help us wander through the fields of Series 10, we're pleased to welcome back to the show Radio Free Scarrow's Stephen Chapansky and Wife in Space, Neil Perryman. Welcome back! Hello! Hi there. The, the old man in the puddle is my favourite Ernest Hemingway novel, by the way. <laughs> uh, it's nice to bring the Commonwealth back together again for an oh. episode, um, before it sort of breaks apart in the near future, I'm sure. Um, hey, before we jump into the series as a whole, we've had a few days now to sort of percolate and, and settle on The Doctor Falls. How are we feeling about it? Stephen? Um, boy, that was, uh, that was, that was good. That was some good Doctor Who. I haven't, um, I haven't quite, uh, you know, it's recording it for and reviewing it for Radio Free Scar was weird because we sort of like cram in a bunch of viewings and then talk about it and then kind of put it away and forget about it. So it's weird to kind of look back at it just a few days later. You guys, um, I, I guess listening to your episode, I expected it to be maybe sort of slightly more highly praised, but it was kind of mixed a little yeah i thought that uh well i'm i'm always the optimist on on the show so naturally i liked it um but i was mildly surprised at warren's um lukewarm um affection for it i suppose and, mm-hmm. and you know and, and chris was chris is chris has actually seemed to be a little more positive over the past two or three years i i'm not too sure what's wrong with him he was brought on the show to be to hate doctor who to sort of be that counterbalance and he's he's gone against type and has, has started to like it it seems so it's warren actually who's been the curmudgeon as of late and neil you on facebook i think but was it seven out of ten yeah it slipped down a bit since then um I'm, I'm, yeah i'm not a big fan of the, that episode I, I thought it had some of the greatest moments of doctor who ever but it was surrounded by some moments and i didn't like the plot basically i just thought the plot was dreadful um the emotions were okay but the plot was awful the the, the whole bill thing it never happened in my head she hallucinated all of that yeah yeah you had a great thing you put it on facebook about how she is essentially just her dreaming yeah but then again but that's nonsense isn't it because (laughs) this you know this puddle transports them both to the tardis obviously you know as you'd expect (laughs) Oh, please don't get me started. But the, the, the last two <laughs> minutes or 90 seconds when he basically wakes up after they've left um, is, is, is fantastic. Absolutely amazing. Some of the greatest moments of Doctor Who I've ever seen. And the speech to the master when the master says, this is the face that didn't listen to a word you said, <laughs> was, was fantastic. I just wish the, 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 the plot surrounding all... I mean, I've seen it all before. I've seen the Doctor, you know, protect the lonely band of sort of Western archetypes against a band of side. I'm sure that's how Matt Smith regenerated, isn't it? Um, and it also felt very familiar um, and a bit indulgent. And I, I pine for the days where doctors would just lie down and regenerate and get on with it. These days, it always, it seems to be, it's all about, you know, oh, it's, it must be awful for him that he's going to die and then be reborn again. You know, try dying. <laughs> You know, it's, it just seems a bit ungrateful. Uh, although, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the series that Peter Capaldi would be the Doctor who just denies that he wants to regenerate, not that he doesn't want to regenerate, but just sort of stops it in its tracks, then, you know, I probably would have believed you. So I suppose it fits in the, with that side of his Doctor, I suppose. But no, disappointed. Sorry. <laughs> Stephen, what, um, on counterpoint to that, what did, what, 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 what did you love about it? What was... 
Well, uh, what, Neil does not speak uh, untruth. Uh, I think that the the when I look back at the whole series ten, I don't think it's as strong for me uh, as series eight or nine. But I think there are a lot of great moments during the course of it, and I think that the um, the final two part, especially episode twelve, I think had a lot of really superb moments. But it also had a lot to do because it had to, you know, basically it had to sort of have the Missy arc sort of come to an end, had to sort of introduce uh, John Sims master into it, you know, had to write out Bill, uh, had to write out um, Nardle, had to sort of get the doctor going on his regeneration. There's a lot of stuff to do. And I don't I think mm. the, the plot was just sort of there to service those things and 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 little else so it was kind of a bit of hand wavium in a way and that it's sort of like hey you don't care about the plot look at these great moments and and if you're in the moment and you're watching it and you're really affected by it then it, then it's great but then you know you sort of think like oh, wait a minute what was all that about and it, it does kind of not stand up to um to close inspection i guess for Did me for the... me for, for me the biggest problem is it's so a lot of it for me is what if it's like, what if we didn't know John Sim was coming back? Oh, you know, yeah. you know, how would that have? You know, what if we didn't know David Bradley was going to turn up? Which I unfortunately I'd been spoiled on Facebook. That um, had been relative. That was out there quite early on. Because yeah. um, I remember somebody when we were doing What's in the Vault early in the series said, "Ah, uh, first Doctor, maybe played by David Bradley." Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think we talked yeah. about it on, on RFS, almost like, okay, there's a rumor, apparently, that David Bradley, but that's so crazy and way out there. We're not yeah. going to talk about it, and then, of course, it yeah. happened. It's just a shame, isn't it? I mean, because I didn't guess it was John Sim um, until until the last, you know, until, he, until the conversation with Missy, like an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it have been Same. amazing? Wouldn't it have been amazing if that would have been the moment we knew? I know, I, I, you know, I know that the press got hold of it, but putting it in the trailer... Yeah. You know, some people could have avoided it. You know, they could have avoided it. I think they should have mistake, avoided it. It was it was a great mistake. Um, if they had just left that little clip out, I mean, maybe they put did they put that clip in the at the end of the trailer because they knew that the press had found yeah. out and were going to leak it. Yeah, uh, but I who cares? There's a, yeah. you know, what, what, what's the point? You know, they were going to do it anyway. People are going to be sport, but there might be some section of, of people who don't read those papers and don't get, care about that kind of stuff. But then again, if it did get in the papers, it would be all over Facebook, wouldn't it? And they did get it right the last time about John Sim being the master. So, oh, no, it's just disappointing. I, really, I, would have been, I would have been happy just to have had a surprise of having John Sim turn up in the trailer in the first episode, but they spoiled the trailer mm. yeah. too. That's true. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about talking about um, Missy and the Master? How, how how did it kind of come together? Do you think with that with that final episode and and her arc, which I've got to say felt really shoehorned in to me. I like I like Maybe. the idea of it more than the execution, but mm. it just it's sort of, is Romana definitely dead then? She must be, I'm guessing, because he's sort of like you know the way he talked about the Master as if like Romana never happens, you know, hmm. being his equal sort of thing. You know what I mean? But I suppose they were a different generation, perhaps, but. Um, I don't know. Um, I like the fact that she was going to go back and save him, and I did. And I expected to go back at the last minute and you know mm. drag him out of the of the problem he got himself into. And the fact that she could be shot in the back by John Sim was a fantastic. It really was a fantastic moment, mm. you know. So yeah, it was a nice idea, and she definitely was. You know, on the cusp, wasn't she, of, of, of changing? Yeah, but I... they've been in partnership loads of times. 
Yeah, like the axons and the sea devils and all that nonsense yeah. that they keep bringing up. Um, yeah. I, I kind of wish that, that, that some of the dialogue wasn't as on the nose as it was. You know, like, you know, after John Sims' master shoots her in the back, he then says, oh, this is how it ends, I guess, with us shooting each other in the back. They get, thanks, thanks, we, <laughs> we did just watch the scene. You know, it would have been a lot better if it just sort of... Yeah, but it was. It was. But what that but the point the point of that was her reaction and the fact they both just sit there laughing That's for true. so long. It was what it was worth it for that, you know. Yeah, and and, and his maniacal laugh as he goes down the lift shaft. Mm. that was superb well. that was excellent yeah. I, I do like that uh, you know the do- uh, the doctor says you know without uh, hope without witness without reward and it's yes. actually that's exactly what happens to missy she her her <clears throat> coming yeah. about uh is is exactly that yeah. there's no hope of her, yeah. for her there's no witness to it and there's no reward to it but she does the right thing in the end is missy gone have we seen the last of missy of course she's not <laughs> you don't think i think that i don't know I think there'll be such a well, clean sweep with the Chimnalera until about three years later, perhaps, and then they bring her back, just like they brought back John Sim. <laughs> oh, the, 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 well, she might be gone, but um, the master's not dead. Oh, yeah. no, the master yeah. will, be, will be back. Um, and maybe played by a man opposite the new uh, woman Ooh, doctor, the contra- Chibnall cast. Controversial. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, series 10, I can't believe like us talking about um, the pilot uh Neil mm-hmm. it seems yeah. like a long long, a long time, time ago. ago but in in yeah. many respects like Doctor Who series 10's done it's over 12 weeks have flown by um yeah. how 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 are we feeling about the series I, I started off I think everyone was probably like this and and I think Neil you were on with Extremists weren't you we talked about that yes. um that's kind of like I remember saying at the time gosh this series is fantastic mm-hmm. and then <laughs> and then uh the monks yeah. came along and um Perhaps that was the beginning of the point where it started to slide away a little. Um, do you guys agree with that kind of bell curve? Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Um, I quite liked Extremists. I thought that was quite a good episode. But the monks didn't turn out to be as important to the series as I had hoped they would be. And they just ended up just taking up a lot of time <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in just a standard sort of Doctor Who kind of thing. Um so they were disappointing, and and after the monks had gone, for me personally, it was a run of really bad episodes. I didn't like Empress of Mars. I didn't like the Eaters of Light. Thought World well, Nothing Time was okay, but then obviously I was disappointed by the finale. So for me, the best part of the series is is the stuff, just just up to extremists. I think when we get the twist that it never happened, I think from that point for me, the series went downhill. Or as I think, uh, I think Extremis is probably my low point of the season. I think, mm. I think it was, it was just too much of a callback to the shenanigans of Series Six, and I thought, I thought everything up to that was was fine, and I think everything after that was fine up until the the final two episodes. Um, but up to that point, I was thinking like this is just a this is just a good season, but there's no there are no high points for me um until until the final two but even then i think it's only high points you know relative to to what came before it so i think i think it's been a good season but i don't i don't think like there hasn't it's as good as world enough in time the doctor falls were i don't you know it's no heaven send it's no listen mm. it's no yeah, uh, yeah, agree. you know th- th- there's th- there's moments in each episodes i think that sort of make make uh make it stand out a bit but there's no actual long you know uh-huh. long-going uh, bell curve, as, as Jono said, to sort of like bring it bring it above those two series. Highlight, obviously, for the series, I'm sure everyone will agree, would be Bill. Um, she was okay. I mean, I didn't really get that 
attached to her really you know it, when she when she died died you know in quotation marks you know i wasn't that bothered to be honest with you because we've kind of we've, okay. we've, we've seen companions sort of die and then come back to life now yeah. so often in Doctor Who that mm-hmm. it's it's becoming a little bit old hat. If mm. she had, if she really had have died, if she really had have died, she would have been elevated as a companion to you know that status mm-hmm. <laughs> that only Adric has. Um, but, the fa- <laughs> but the fact, but the fact, but the fact that she went off into a blatant attempt at a spin-off, just like you know Clara and uh, what was the name of that character Ashilda. again? Me, yeah, Ashilda yeah. me. Well, yeah, it was so similar, wasn't it? That that I just thought, not again. And it, it, and I was, it, by the end of it, as she was leaving, when I should have been upset, I was just angry by that point that they, <clears throat> you know, had teased us with that. You know, she's a cyberman. She's definitely not coming back. And of course, she has this wonderful, you know, get out clause with a puddle. <laughs> I just, you know, there is there is a, a there is a bit of second Death Star uh, from Return of the Jedi to it. I think that you know because Moffat had wanted to um, to leave the show. I think at the end of series nine, and you know per, was persuaded to stay for series ten. And then there, you know, for for a season that he, that he didn't necessarily plan on making, I thought it was pretty good. But yeah, there were there were elements in there that sort of like smacked of stuff that he had sort of already done. There was a lot on repeat this series. Mm. Um, God, and now it's all gone out of my head as to what that repeating stuff was, but we talked about it pretty much every episode. That there was um, well, a, lot of, the monk- a lot of callbacks. And, sorry. The monks are like the silence, aren't they? They're very much like the silence in, a, in, mm. in some respects, weren't they? <laughs> in that they appear, and then once they go away, you never remember that you saw them in the first place. Because they're, they're mentioned literally once, I think, after the, uh, after, after the end yeah. of the monk trilogy. How are you guys um, f- feeling in terms of how it fits as a Capaldi season? Uh, Stephen, are you kind of saying that it's the third place? I think, but Series 8 and Series 9 are so good. I mean, they're my favorite seasons of Doctor Who ever, I think, you know. Um, I mean, there's 12 episodes of Judge. I mean, there's only there's only ever, like, no more than 9 or 10 or something in the Heart of Lyra. So, like, it's, it's not exactly a fair comparison to anything in the, in the classic series. But I think those two series are so strong... Um, but I really liked his doctor in this. It feels like this is sort of the, um, the, the Goldilocks season for his character, where I think he was very sort Mm. of very taciturn and dark in series eight. And I think he was sort of like rebelling against that image in series nine. And I think this, this one, he really kind of hit it really well. I would have loved to seen a fourth season out of him. You know, he he said himself that he had, did run out of ideas to sort of what to do with the show. Um, and I can kind of see that after after all the different varying takes that he gave us. But I would have just loved to have seen what he would would have done under under Chibnall and under a whole different regime and what what his doctor would have been after that. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, he he's brilliant in in pretty much everything. Neil, does it kind of sit that way with you too? Third place. Uh, yeah, it's my least favorite season. But having said that, he's he's probably some of my favorite performances from Capaldi. Mm. Um, I don't really care what he's in, really. He could be in the worst episode ever made, and he's still fantastic. He's he's very much like Peter Davison in that respect. Doesn't matter what he's doing, you, you can't help but be swept along by him. And I I really don't want him to go. I think it's going to. I don't think he's going to be. You know, I I don't think you can replace him really. 
I just, I think, I think this is the beginning of the end for me. I really do. No, Neil. I do. What? I don't. I just think that's it. It's like once they cast Capaldi, where else can they go? <laughs> so, I, yeah. in this in this respect, I think I'm actually glad of the giant gap, perhaps that awaits us between the this and the next full series of of Doctor Who, so that we can sort of try to forget or at least lower our expectations over the uh, the incoming months after we've held Capaldi. I'd love to I'd love to go back and I mean, you know, the the advantage or disadvantage of recording a podcast for almost uh, 11 years now is to go back and and see what I thought about when other previous doctors that I so adored left and how soon after did I sort of become immediately enamored. That, that certainly happened with Matt Smith. Um but Capaldi seems special somehow it, to you. It does, you know, it really <laughs> okay. does. And uh, mm. I don't, I, I, part of it, I think I speculated about this on RFS. I think part of it is that, you know, we knew Peter Capaldi was going to be the doctor before we saw um, the last episode. Mitz, before, sorry, you yeah, yeah. saw Day of the Doctor. So you're kind of like starting to ease your way out and sort of look at Matt Smith that, oh, well, you know, I'm really excited about Peter Capaldi. Uh, it'll be neat to see how they, they change. But like, you know, watching him start to regenerate at the end of the Doctor mm -hmm. Falls and think that I, I have no idea who he's going to regenerate into. Mm -hmm. And so there's no there's no next bit of driftwood to hop across. So it just feels yeah, like this is this this is such a peak. There's no uh, safety net, is there? There yeah. really isn't. Yeah. There really isn't. Yeah. Well, Stephen, you'll always remember when the doctor was him, won't you? <laughs> uh, now it's time for this week's regeneration game, and this week we are playing a game called The Sound of Ums. Thank you. I spent a lot of time on that. Um, we. <laughs> So this week, as normal, you guys are pitted against each other and you're going to have three questions each. They are all random Doctor Who sound effects from the classic series. Oh, God. And you need to uh, identify the story and also what's making the sound. Sound easy? This is going to be tricky. No, no. No, no. It's classic series. You'll be fine, Neil. Um, oh, so who'd like to start? Uh, Neil, do you want to okay. kick off? Go on, then. <laughs> Neil sounds like all he's right. up for it. Go for it. <laughs> Here we go. Um, it's definitely 1960s Troughton. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Jono. <laughs> it's probably, a, is it a croton? It's not, is it? It's a quark, no. isn't it? It's a quark. <laughs> is it a quark? Quark is not correct. Oh, I'm afraid. Stephen, for half a point. That's, uh, that is the homing signal that, uh, that Fushim sends up for the uh, Ice Warriors to follow on the Aww. Seeds of Death. Of course it is. Well done! True story, Neil. Point. When I, before I knew what Epo was, uh, <laughs> the theme song to Tacky on TV, I thought was a sample of that exact sound <laughs> pitched around as, oh, a, as a clever oh. homage, and then I realized that you weren't that, that clever. We're not that clever, no. no. Speaking no. of random sounds, did you guys hear an Auton gun? When yeah. the barn blew up, and yeah. uh, not yeah. an Auton gun, but it was certainly a, a, the sound that they made when uh, they sort of walked around in Spearhead from space. Like not the gun, like it wasn't that sound, but it was like it was that sort of like that. Yeah, I for sure heard that, and I thought, what the hell is yeah. going on here? 
Quite yeah. bizarre. Mm-hmm. All right, Stephen, your yep. turn. Here is your one. Good luck. It's a trans mat. I know that. Oh no, that's the um, uh, the trans mat from Five Doctors, isn't it? It is the trans mat from Five wow. Doctors. Holy wow. heck, you're in a roll. I can't Neil. compete with this. <laughs> this is too. Okay, good. Neil. It's too good. Here we go, Neil. Come on, points oh, to the board. Oh, is that from the invasion by any chance? Is that your answer or a question? It's my answer. Oh, uh, no, it's not. <sighs> Stephen? That is the sound of the doctor pouring <laughs> the crystals into the uh, the little hyperspace machine and the stones of blood. What? It is. It is. That's unbelievable. That's a, a different level. Oh uh, well, okay. this, this this is what I spend my days on now, Neil. This is this is my life. Wow. All right, all right. A trickier one for you, Neil. Uh, for, for, trickier one for you, Stephen. Sorry, okay. I'm going to get you um, not wow. just running away with this completely. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Oh, obviously it's a TARDIS failing to dematerialize. Um. Oh, what is that? I'm gonna guess Planet of the Spiders. I'm not Spiders. Uh, Planet of the Daleks. And what's the sound? It's the TARDIS. The TARDIS, not. Yeah. Well, you only get half a point for that, I'm afraid, because you've got the story oh. right. Um, but it's the TARDIS doors not opening because it's been covered in um oh, gunk. stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. Um, Neil, has so got that This is this is hopeless. <laughs> I did a classic series and everything just for you. Anyway, oh, um, all right, here's one for you. This this will you'll know this one. You'll know this will one. Will I? You ready? Well, I yeah. hope so. Here we go. <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> I'm gonna take. Oh, I don't even know. I, I'm gonna have a stub. The hooray at the say. end. The hooray at the end is a clue. Is it? I didn't even hear that. Um, Do you want it one it more time? On? Yeah, go on one more time. Oh. Is it from the Pirate Planet? It's not from the pirate planet, oh. I'm afraid. Oh. Go on, Stephen. Tell us what it is. Go on, Stephen. It's the transformation arch from Delta and their <laughs> banner, man. <laughs> How do you know this stuff? I don't know, Neil. I'm not normal. I was once like you. <laughs> oh, this is insane. Can I just say, I'm kind of glad I got none of those right. I think I'm gonna gonna come out of this better than Stevenson. In the end, you win. In the end, you win. Yes. Yeah. Stephen, just to to bring it on home, would you yeah. like your final your, sure, your final effect? Here we go. This. 
That's got to be... Is that the Fomasi from the Ledger Hive? No. Oh. It's not. Um, Neil, if you get this, I'll give you the game. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I, I didn't even listen because I didn't think there'd be any point. <laughs> pick, pick a random sound effect. <laughs> I, I'm going to guess it's near the Leisure Hive. <laughs> Is it from Meglos? <laughs> no. Oh. No, that was uh, the Master's kind of hypno-disco machine from Trial of a Time Lord. Oh. Of course it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen Chapansky... Well done. <laughs> that was wow. a pants down win. <laughs> that was special. Sorry. <laughs> that was special. <laughs> I'm glad we all shared in that moment. And we've just got time for anything but who to wrap up the episode. And we already talk about things that are spinning our wheels that are not Doctor Who. Um, Neil, do you want to kick off? Yeah, I'm going to cheat slightly by repeating the same thing I said last time I was on the show. But I'm going to be a bit more specific. And that is episode eight of Twin Peaks, The Return. Have you seen it? No. You haven't seen it? I think even if you don't like Twin Peaks or have never watched the series, it is an hour of television you must watch. It just throws all the rules out of the window. It's hypnotic. It's terrifying. It's the most craziest thing I've ever seen on television ever um, and I think everybody needs to see it are you it's saying you don't need to watch you don't need to watch Twin Peaks just to watch this episode yeah I think if you are a fan of Twin Peaks you'll get something out of it which is more but even if you don't like Twin Peaks and never seen an episode just dive in and just 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 soak it up the atmosphere and also be prepared to have nightmares from now until the end of time. Oh my God, this sounds yeah. horrible. Happy things. It is. The, the unfortunate thing about the episode is from a point of view of getting someone who's never seen Twin Peaks before to watch it is the weirdness doesn't kick in for the first 15 minutes. So there's a performance by Nine Inch Nails. Are you familiar with Nine Inch Nails? If you skip to that point about 10 minutes into the episode, there's a whole performance of Nine Inch Nails and then there's 45 minutes of some of the most beautiful, um, hypnotic and terrifying television you have ever seen. So yeah, episode eight, Twin Peaks, redefining television. How how many episodes in the series? Um, I believe it's I think, eighteen. I think. Yeah, there's eighteen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we're not even halfway through yet, but it's incredible, mind blowing. How have you found the series as a whole so far? Incredible. Um, it's the only TV series I can remember probably in a very long time, apart from Doctor Who, that I get excited the day it's on. I actually get butterflies and think, oh my God, what's going to happen this week? Because every episode is its own work of art. They're almost like little art installations each week. And you just when you think you've got a handle on how things are turning out, something else comes out of left field. But it's very compelling at the same time. I don't, I'm, I'm not bored by it. I know a lot of people have switched off and said it's pretentious nonsense. And I can see where they're coming from. But to me, it's the most compelling thing I think I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah. Do I okay? Because I've never I've never seen Twin Peaks. I've watched one episode when I was about eleven, and it just freaked me out. For never watched it again. Do you yeah. have to watch the old series to really get into the new series? Um, I would probably say it's probably more important that you watch the film that was made in the nineties, um, Firewalk with Me. Ooh. That's probably you could probably get away with watching that 
and then going straight into the series. They, those two things seem to be more... There's hardly any references to Twin Peaks, really, the actual place, um, or the bits that are the most interesting bits aren't related to the, to the place of Twin Peaks. It's almost as if they're holding back from actually returning there properly. Yeah. Um, but it's nothing like the original series in that respect. Um, but just as a piece of filmmaking um, and a piece of television, I, I think it's worth you know, at least exposing yourself to it, if I can mm. put it that way. But yeah, episode eight, amazing. That kind of ties a little bit into my um, anything about who this week, which is just, I feel like we're in a little bit of a golden age of television again. They sort of, you know, a couple of years ago, it was like, wow, this is amazing. And now um, we've just finished watching The Handmaid's Tale, Oh, yeah. uh, have, you, have either of you guys watched that? No, no, I no. haven't seen it. I've read the book years ago, but I haven't seen the series, but I've heard good things. Yeah, I always thought the book, because Margaret Atwood, I always thought that was sort of, sort of set in ye olde, sort of, you know, no, no. Elizabethan times, but it's, yeah. um, I got that wrong. Um, it's sort of <laughs> the sort of future, sort of almost yeah. Black Mirror vibe to the series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I, we got through the sort of episode two, I think there's 10 episodes altogether episode two and I turned to my wife and just went this is one of the best TV shows I think I've really? ever seen it was oh, wow. just so um, so well done so well realised in terms of this kind of future gone wrong because it's essentially set in what would be the present day now mm-hmm. um, and just the art direction and the costume design the cinematography is all beautiful but it's got this really it's got this sort of heart of dark black humour in the middle of it as well um, with, the, with the main sort of actress, Elizabeth Moss, who I loved in um, Mad Men. Mad Men. And, yeah. and also Top of the Lake. Did you guys have Top of the Lake? Yeah, I've, I haven't seen it, but um, I've heard good things about that as well. All, all filmed in New Zealand, so it's, yeah. it's like a little tourism advert. Um, <laughs> she is phenomenal and just this, this kind of, on the outside, this very much, you know, having to subservient, having to fit in within this new regime, but just the the, the inner monologues you get from her, defiant and, you know, with this beating heart, it's it's so, she's brilliant. And the, the series, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is have you stunning. Have you watched the whole series? Yeah. Uh, yep. Is there, is there going to be more than one or is it or just a one-off series? Oh, no, they've, they've announced series two. Oh, okay. But, but technically, the end of series one, you know, it could be one of those ones where if they hadn't recommissioned mm-hmm. it, then it, it almost mm-hmm. would have beaten mm-hmm. self-contained, but it definitely leads mm-hmm. on to a... The next mm-hmm. series, which I can't I, wait I, for. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree what you're saying though about the golden age of TV again. I mean, some fantastic series out there at the moment. I mean, um, Better Call Saul, I think, is even better than Breaking Bad. You know, the program that spawned it, and that just finished last week. That was uh, incredible. And American Gods is also uh, oh, extremely. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, fascinating program as well. Neil Gaiman, obviously, based mm. on the Neil Gaiman book. So yeah, I think we are in a golden age. We d- we just started watching. Um, uh, Big Little Lies as well, right. which is completely different, which is Nicole Kidman, uh, Reese Witherspoon, and the person who was in Allegiant, uh, Insurgent, Divergent. They're oh, all the right. same. Um, which, is, which is very, very different again, um, but very, very funny. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. Stephen? We, we are in a golden age of television. My, my, my reaction to, like, all these people telling me which series that I have to watch is to watch precisely none of them uh, because I feel like there's <laughs> there's no time that I can't pick and choose, so so no one wins. I think uh, I have watched the first two episodes of, of American Gods. We're slowly sort of making our way through that. I'm not a David Lynch fan. I tried to watch the first four episodes of the original Twin Peaks, 
And then, because uh, my wife Erica was was a big fan of it, and then I thought, well, David Lynch usually pulls the rug out, and after episode four, she says, okay, if you don't like it now, you're not going to like the rest of the show. Yeah. And so we watched like a five minute recap, and I thought, yep, mm-hmm. no, I would have hated this. So, <laughs> not for me. Has she, been, has she been watching the new series? No, she hasn't yet. I think um, uh, life's been very busy here with the, with the trip to the UK and then the subsequent moves. Of course, so yeah. I, I don't know if she's waiting yeah. to perhaps watch it all uh, once it's yeah. all finished but um but yeah. I, I know well, she'll what, probably get to it yeah. watch episode eight with her definitely yeah i'm intrigued by that one now just to see what it's like um mm-hmm. but uh but <laughs> what i am what i am watching to, to move away from the platinum age of television that we're in right now uh <laughs> there's a, there's a new star trek series coming this fall and i haven't uh, i've never i've never seen um voyager past the first episode i i watched all of uh next generation i got really hooked on deep space nine but that was like 20 years ago and so my my memories of of the older star trek series are like minimal and so i thought you know what i heard somebody defend this series on a podcast recently so i'm gonna go for it i'm i started watching star trek enterprise which i know nothing oh, about God. Uh, it's something that I could just sort of have on in the background while I'm like playing Mass Effect Andromeda or something like that. Right. And uh, I, I thought at the time that perhaps it was different in style because it was widescreen, whereas all the rest of the Star Trek series weren't. And and as I'm getting into it, I'm eight episodes in. I think no, this isn't. Uh, <laughs> this is very similar to how they still made Star Trek. I can see why people grew tired of it. I don't know what's coming, so don't don't spoil it for me. Um, but it's I enjoy the premise enough to to want to keep going, um, and I, I might be that guy who just sort of like yeah, Enterprise. That's the one I know the most mm. about when it comes to Star Trek. When does the new Star Trek series come out? Did you say is it later on this year? Yeah, September. September, September isn't it? Yeah, I don't know when it's it, coming it out around the world, but it's is it Netflix or is it? As, um, yeah. I, I think it'll series. be Netflix everywhere but the U.S. where it comes out on CBS's digital platform. So, um, right. yeah, I think it's Netflix probably the next day after it comes out uh, on CBS, I think, or something like I've that. Gotta, I've got to say it looks absolutely dreadful. <laughs> really? I See, I, am, yeah. I, I saw the trailer and I thought that looks intriguing. Stop. But there's there's zero humor in it. It's so dark and serious. And and what frustrates me about Star Trek is this constant infatuation with the time in and around the original series. They have a yeah. whole universe of uh, of, of wonders to explore, and they keep setting it in this restricted continuity that they have to adhere yeah. to. And that's that's the that's the annoying thing for me. It's another prequel, isn't it? Yeah, it's mm. just another prequel, and like, well, why don't these people look like they did in 1967? You know, when they—it's sh- yeah. going to be a weird-looking thing. So, yeah. I think they should. Why is like technology some... better? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> so, I'm, I'm intrigued. They, they lost—they um, lost the showrunner, didn't they? At some point. Yeah, Brian Singer, right? Was that who it is? Fuller. Or Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller. Brian um, Fuller. Oh, that's not a good sign because Brian Fuller's really good. Yeah. So, so I don't think it, I I think it's going to be a turkey. No, but Nicholas Meyer still is involved. So and he he made the oh. good the good uh, Star Trek film. So um, so so there might be hope yet. The good Star Trek film. <laughs> <laughs> he did Star Trek Six too. That might be one of my, that might be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, but, uh, they were way too old by then. Yeah, that's true. Hey, um, we've come to the end of our uh, of our run of series ten. Uh, amazingly, and I thought just to wrap up, maybe if you could give your thoughts on the Christmas special, 
and how you think the doctor will regenerate? Um, reluctantly. <laughs> uh, uh, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty obvious what's going to happen. Don't you? What? I mean, it, well, it seems to me that it's no coincidence that he's landed in the North Pole. Uh, I assume it's the North Pole. I mean, it could be the South Pole. I think it's the um, South Pole. He, I, is that where he? I think he's <laughs> on his own. He, yeah, the first doctor. Yeah, sorry. I think clearly on his way to regenerating. To regenerate, yes. Yeah. yeah. So they're both going to like um, help each other out. I mean, if anybody should be terrified, it should be William Hartnell's doctor or David Bradley's doctor, as I should say. Um, you know, Peter Capaldi's doctor's been through this several times and should know what to expect. If anybody needs reassuring, surely it should be the first doctor. But I assume it's going to be that's going to be the basic plot of it. I'm, I'm guessing. I wonder if yeah. they're going to recreate the regeneration and get Reece Shearsmith to walk in again. <laughs> Who's uh, who? <laughs> yeah, they might. They might. You never know. Well, they, they didn't get... they film that? They filmed the Reece Shearsmith regenerating into Mark Gatiss. Yeah, as the third did. Doctor, as, a, yeah. as an extra. Now you're just being silly. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they're going to intercut the. I, I assume it's going to end with them intercutting between the two regenerations happening simultaneously and then Peter Capaldi will wake up as well like, oh, I've got, I, think, I have a, I have an idea yeah I think uh, I, I'm in, I, I don't know who will wake up as but I'm wondering if perhaps in the, the scene at the end of the 10th planet part 4 where like you know the doctor's sort of motioning towards the controls and they're sort of moving by themselves it's actually Peter Capaldi doing it before he hops mm. in his own TARDIS and flies off um, oh yeah. I I don't that's think good. we'll I don't think we'll see Ben and Polly. At least I hope we won't because that's that's too many um, doubles in one in one episode. <laughs> I I do think I think I speculated this on on RFS. I think that this is me purely speculating, but just based on what Peter Capaldi has said in the past about how great it would be to see Susan, I think he's uh, taking the first Doctor in a farewell tour, and and I think he'll visit Susan in the 23rd century or wherever the hell they are on Earth. Mm. Um, in, in the nice Carolyn Ford. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I hope she's I hope she's really annoyed with him. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I waited for Fuck you. Fuck her off. Seventy. I've been here for five hundred years. years. <laughs> <laughs> We've only just got running water. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, David died of radiation poisoning. You know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. He's called David Cameron, isn't he, in the novel? Oh, he is, is he? Oh, boy. No. David Cameron, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. That's oh, a whole different... Yeah. Oh. No. Yeah, that's that book ruined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, oh, let's just, let's just go for broke. The Doctor will be... Um, I think it's going to be a guy called James Norton. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. What, James Norton from Podshock? Or? James Norton. Norton <laughs> is an actor. He's quite young. Oh, really? Quite young. Yeah. I Very don't... attractive. Mm-hmm. My, my wife gave two thumbs up. Oh, so is this a, like a rumored thing, or is this you just deciding that you want it to be? <laughs> I think he's a good actor, and yeah. I think he'd be interesting. He's probably best known in this country for playing the bad guy in Happy Valley. Mm-hmm. Um. And also, he was in War and Peace, and he's about to appear in Flatliners, the remake of Flatliners, the movie. Wow! So that's my—that's who I think it might be. But he's I'm wrong been about in Doctor it. Who. He has been in Doctor Who's in um, Thin Ice, Cold, uh, not Thin Ice, Cold, Cold War. War. Sorry, yeah. Hmm. But I'm wrong about everything. I was wrong about Brexit, the election, Donald Trump. So <laughs> do not put money on James Norton. Stephen, have you got a pick? 
Um, uh, not as such. Uh, we at Radio Free Scarl somewhat famously um, recorded our episode about who the next doctor was going to be two days before it came out and guess it was going to be Peter Capaldi um, and turned out to be right. So we didn't have to record the whole episode again, which is nice. Um, so take that for what it's worth that I know everything about what's to come. Um, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that the doctor might indeed be a woman, but I have no idea what the actress uh, would be. Um, so I'm just throwing it out there just in case I'm right. It would be great. You know, it would be really great if, if this whole thing is a big hoodwink and actually Peter Capaldi is actually coming back as the doctor. Um, mm -hmm. And I would be overjoyed if that was to be the case. But that's just me still in full-on denial um, as I have been <laughs> for most of this calendar. Gotta let it go, Steve. Gotta nope, let it go. No, I can't yet, Neil. I cannot <laughs> do this yet, okay? I have to do this on my own terms. <clears throat> There should be a helpline after the Christmas yeah. special. There really should. <laughs> there really should. Give, given that basically yeah. the, the, the Christmas special will basically be a murder-suicide with two doctors dying yeah. at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <Not laughs> We're going to need time. some help. Yep. Maybe you could yeah. develop a piece of software that all new episodes of Doctor Who just have Peter Capaldi's head kind of just superimposed <laughs> over. <laughs> like this. Maybe old episodes too. It could improve some of those. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I personally think there's going to be this actor, I'm not sure if you've heard of him, called Chris Marshall. Oh. Um, I'm joking, I'm joking. Yeah. No, I think that's not happening. I think that no. was just put out there by his agent, I think. Totally, I hope. totally. Yeah. I hope. Anyway, that's it for the Series 10 uh, series of Zeus Plug. We'll be back um, in between now and Christmas with some random episodes I'm sure but if you want to get in touch in the meantime our Twitter handle is at ZeusPlug you can find us on Facebook and our email address is ZeusPlugPodcast at gmail.com thank you very much to special guests Stephen Chapensky and Neil Perryman thank you guys pleasure as always thank you thank you thank you very much and uh, have a fantastic week month and rest of the year bye 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 <laughs> It's the end, but the moment has been prepared for. Oh wait, sorry, no. It hasn't. Come back later, okay? <laughs>